Good day and welcome to another episode of the International News Desk. Whether you are tuning in on SL Podcast, CZA, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play or Maki King 96.7 Game Time. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sean Roberts. And of course, Mr. Kurt Backerfield. How are you, my friend? Good, thanks, Sean. How are you doing? I am extremely good, Kurti. I mean, let's just dive right into it. Um, I think we're just chatting off air that I stand to be corrected, but was this the most money spent in any transfer window? Is that is that correct? Um, I think League? it's definitely a record for the January transfer window. I would not be surprised if it was a record across all windows, though, of course. Um, but yeah, a lot, of, a lot of money spent, most of that being... From Chelsea, obviously, um, but a very, very busy window, very exciting window, and a very, very dramatic deadline day. Yeah, epic. I mean, we just chatted about Enzo Fernandez. Now, uh, you put it in euro terms, 121 million euros. That is insane. That makes him the most yes. expensive transfer, right, in Premier League history. Yes, the most expensive signing in Premier League history, the most expensive midfielder in history. Um, <laughs> It's a it's a lot of pressure on this young boy's shoulders, who I really really like. He was a very important role, oh had a very important role for Argentina at the World Cup um, when he came into the side, and uh, he was fantastic and you know won the best young player of the award at the tournament. Um, had a, an excellent six months at Benfica before the World Cup. Yeah. Um, so he's a top top talent, but this puts a lot of pressure on him. Mm. Um, I think that this transfer window has made a lot of people dislike Chelsea, naturally. Um, Nobody likes a shake-up. We all want excitement and drama, but when there's a shake-up of this sort of magnitude, we we are uncomfortable with it. So Chelsea have brought eight players in in this January window, Mm. um, broken multiple transfer records, and then, of course, signing Enzo Fernandez in uh, dramatic... um, deadline day fashion so I think that uh, there'll be a lot of eyes on him Um, there'll also be a lot of pressure on Graham Potter so it's not an easy situation for Chelsea to handle Um, but very interesting yeah I see Danny Murphy um, went on record I think it was last night saying that there's no comparison with Fernandes and Casemiro that Casemiro is so much better what do you got to say about that well yeah I mean look obviously Casemiro has a wealth of experience five Champions League played in one of the greatest club sides that we've ever seen for the best part of a decade um, and has now had an incredible impact at Manchester United um, and uh, he's sort of changed the fortunes of the club. If you you watch them play, if you watch, um, if you see what the the team spirit is like now, that winning mentality, it's it's back at Old Trafford. It's it's back. And Mm. Casemiro is largely responsible for that. Correct. Um, so he's lifted the entire team. He's a sensational footballer. But I do think that Enzo Fernandez has a very high ceiling. I think that he's he's more of an offensive player than Casemiro is. Um, but he can play multiple roles in midfield. Um, he's a creative player. He can hit a ball. He can tackle. Um, he can make a pass. He can he can do pretty much everything. He's very comfortable on the ball, but very comfortable off the ball too. So. I, I love watching him play and like I said I was so impressed with him at the World Cup um, it's, it's strange to see that these sorts of uh, fees are becoming normal mm. um, so 121 million for a player who still of course he's won a World Cup which is a massive achievement but he's still largely unproven in Europe I mean he's, he's he played for Benfica for six months he joined them at the start of the season from River Plate um, so he hasn't even had one full season in Europe yet um, so yeah, just the pressure and expectations now that will be on his shoulders 
will be huge. But um, I, st- I do think he's a top player. Um, and I think that he, like I said, has a very, very high ceiling. No, great, great business done by Benfica there. We can't ignore that. Oh, yeah. Um, Jorginho to Arsenal for 12 million. I didn't see that one coming either. Yeah. Uh, look, Arsenal were after Moises Caicedo, the, the Brighton midfielder, mm-hmm. um, who was also very good at the World Cup. Um, who's been a top talent, been on the radar of many top clubs. I think United passed up the opportunity to sign him at the start of last season um, when when Solskjaer was still in charge. Um, so Arsenal wanted him, but Brighton were asking for, I think, around 70 million, yeah. um, which Arsenal couldn't come up with. So they decided to go for, I think, probably a more a, a less risky transfer. Um, 12 million, 12 million, I think, or 11 million is relatively cheap for a player of Jorginho's quality. I think he gets a bad rap, but he's a good player. Um, and he's got loads of experience. He's won pretty much everything there is to win at Chelsea. Um, he's a, you know, a, a Euros winner with Italy. Yeah. Um, so I think that he adds a lot of quality to that midfield. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Um... Touching on Liverpool, Cody Gakpo coming in last minute. Uh, great player, very good signing. Well, uh, that was earlier in the window, Sean. Oh, sorry, was that earlier? Sorry, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, we, 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 yeah, we haven't, we haven't really touched about him, have we? Well, I think we've spoken about him. I think what we've talked about with Gakpo is that yeah. it was a very, it feels like it was probably unnecessary because, yeah. I mean, Liverpool fans have been crying for change of midfield. Um, for a couple of months now, or at least for since the start of the season, sort of for Klopp to revolutionise what they have in the middle of the park. So signing Gakpo was kind of strange because he's a left-sided attacker, um, plays a similar sort of side to Diaz, to to um, Darwin Nunes. Um, so probably unnecessary. I, mm. I don't know what the thinking was there exactly. Um, a lot of Liverpool fans are sort of up in arms with the way that the club has been run over the last couple of months. A lot of them aren't happy with Klopp. Um, there is this theory going around that Pep Linders, who's Klopp's um, right-hand man, yeah. who's Dutch, has more or has become more influential in terms of which players to bring in. So yeah. they're saying that it was his decision to bring in Gakpo. Um, but anyway, strange one. He hasn't looked very good um, in his in his first few matches for the club. Yeah. But um, he's young and he's he's a, he's a promising player for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, just just moving on to Man City, uh, Joao Cancelo. <laughs> uh, 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 yeah, I don't know. That it, was one good. that no one saw coming, right? Uh, this, so he joins Bayern on Tuesday until the end of the season. Uh, option to buy for 70 million euros. Um did not see that coming at all. Your opinion, please. So bizarre. <laughs> yeah, so that was for me the biggest surprise of the window. Um, so we read there was a bit of a, not, okay, not necessarily a fallout with Pep, but um, there were things going on behind the scenes that led to this this move. Um, so Cancelo came out in his press conference and he's unveiling at Bayern and said that uh, it wasn't so much that his relationship with Guardiola had deteriorated, but it was more about him being left out of games in recent weeks, which is kind of the same thing. Um, So I reckon that there would have been a conversation behind the scenes. Um, I read that Cancelo over the last couple of weeks has not looked invested. um, And that's probably because he hasn't been playing, um, not paying attention in team meetings. Um, One game, apparently, when City arrived at the stadium, he walked straight to the Mm -hmm. dugout, um, which is is crazy. I think he, he like, it was almost like, yeah, I know I'm on the bench again. Anyway, so 
he, he was probably unhappy in recent weeks and decided to take this opportunity. We all know what a quality player he mm. is. Um, I do think that there have been question marks over sort of his attitude and like off-field behavior. Um, throughout his career, he's played for a lot of clubs. I think Bayern becomes the sixth or seventh club he's played for and he's only 28 years old. So that shows yeah. you that there might be something there. There might be something to that that theory. But a top player that Bayern have signed, he got off to a great start in the DFB Pokal semi-final, I think it was, mm. um, assisting Bayern's opening goal last night, which would have been, no, what, Wednesday night? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, top player, I don't know. I mean, look, 70 million is a lot of money for yeah. uh, Cancelo, even though we all know how good he is. 70 million is a lot. So I'm not sure Bayern end up exercising that um that option but mm. yeah he's a he's a great player um but it's also something to take into account that he's you know three and a half years at city has been his longest spell at a club yeah good point it's just it's mind-boggling how these guys <laughs> have such opportunities and just flash it down the toilet just with their attitude but like you said 70 million is a lot of money but seeing what chelsea have spent it doesn't seem so much anymore which is just ludicrous yeah um, for sure Let's chat about United quick. Uh, Sabitzer in from Bayern Munich. Spoken to a lot of United fans and they, they're pretty chuffed with that one. Yeah, so he was brought in, I think, essentially as a, a replacement for Christian Eriksen, yes. who's out for, I think, the next four months. Till April, um, yeah. Yeah, so I don't think that many of our listeners and many South Africans will have seen much of Sabitzer. Mm. Um, but he had a very, very good seven-year spell at Leipzig. I think it was between 2014 and uh, 2021. Mm -hmm. where he was a very crucial uh, player and I think captain them at times. Um, very versatile in midfield, can play multiple roles. Um, versatile, yeah, uh, energetic. He's, he's got a great attitude. So, look, we don't know too much about him. We haven't seen a whole lot of him, but we know that he's highly rated among his peers, by coaches across Europe. I think he's been a target of many clubs in the past. So I think it's smart business. There's absolutely no risk element to this at all because it's mm -hmm. a six-month loan and that's it. Mm -hmm. um, so I think a good deal for all parties. Didn't have the greatest of times at Bayern um, since joining them, but uh, I think a good player and a, a good stopgap option. Yeah, 100% agreed. Um, chat about Newcastle quickly. Anthony Gordon in from Everton to become the second most expensive buyer in the club's history. Yeah, look, highly rated kid. He's, he's received a lot of flack for the way he left. I think he was trying to force, or he did force his move, um, <laughs> and then said in his uh, in his in his farewell message, you know, he, he told the fans to get behind the team. So a lot of people pointed out that that was pretty um, hypocritical of him to to be telling supporters to to stay on on side um, when he I think skipped training to to force the move. But anyway, he's a yeah. I think he's a good player. We know that Chelsea wanted him at the start of the season for. I think it was around 50 million they were they were willing to do a deal um so he's a good player and i think that he will fit very well at newcastle who have, have obviously taken taken everyone by surprise this season yeah yeah big spenders big spenders but it's it's becoming a thing now um how these players are sort of taking things into their own hands right in terms of wanting to move we've seen ronaldo we've seen it with gordon um yeah where do you, where do you draw the line i guess look I, the thing is you always have to look at it, for me at least, from a human point of view. Anthony Gordon is 21 years old. Mm. He was in a relegation battle with Everton um, and had the opportunity to join a team that could potentially 
qualify for the Champions League. Yeah. So I just see it as he's a young kid. He might not have gone about it in the best way, but for God's sakes, we have to forgive him. He's a kid. He's 21. Yeah. Yeah. We we think of these footballers as as well. We talk about these footballers and judge these footballers like they they're men, they're adults, um, like they should have um, or, or never put a foot wrong. But he's he's a 21 year old boy. Yeah. So, you know, I completely I get it. I understand it. I'm sure that he'll probably have his demons about it. But at the end of the day, he got what he wanted, and um, I'm I'm almost certain that even people at Everton, um, people within the club, will understand him trying to to make that move. No, agreed. Kurt, we, we all have our demons for sure. Um, any other any other clubs or teams that you want to touch about that are a couple of signings that you didn't you didn't see coming or very impressed with or some very good deals made? Mm, uh, look, I think we might just mention the 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 Ziyech deal that fell through. I don't know if you read about that, Sean, but he was on his way to PSG from Chelsea. Mm. Um, he had flown to Paris. Um, he was there waiting for the for the loan deal to be struck but apparently Chelsea sent through the wrong documents twice um, and then on the final occasion they sent through the documents with the signatures but it was late it was I think 15 minutes late or something like that no way um, so an embar- a very 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 embarrassing uh, story there and I think that PSG are furious I think they put out a statement saying that um, they will never do business with Chelsea again Um and of course, it just sucks for the player who hasn't had a good time in England, who probably thought he was on his way to, you know, be a teammate of Messi's, of Neymar's and Mbappe's. Um, <laughs> and then due to, you know, poor administration, the deal falls through. So I think that's uh, that was one of the big sort of surprises. But no, I think we've touched on pretty much everything, Sean. Um, yeah. There were, of course, some exciting deadline day deals, but we, we, we spoke about most of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a, a very entertaining window. I mean, you think of a club that's paid over in excess of a 300, 400 million pounds um, and there's administrative issues. It just does not make any sort of sense. No, I think it kind of just speaks to the the sort of scattered feeling that surrounds Chelsea right now. It's just like, okay, let's bring in eight players in this window. Let's make things even harder for Graham Potter because that's what essentially this has done now. Sure. Um of course, it's it's exciting, um, but it's it's a very tricky position to be in now for Graham Potter, who works with eight new players, wow. all arriving in one window. Um, he somehow has to integrate them into the team in the middle of a season that <laughs> Chelsea are already struggling in. Um, it just, I think, it makes his job a whole lot harder. Um, it adds a lot of pressure on him, on on the players that have been brought in, on the club. Um, so yeah. It's a, it's a very interesting one. Piece of Curtie. <laughs> Piece of And everybody, that's how we wrap up this episode of the International News Desk. So whether you have been listening on SL Podcast at CLOTA, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Mackie 10 96.7's Game Time, thank you for tuning in. I've been your host, Sean Roberts. And of course, Mr. Kurt Buckerfield, thank you so much. We'll see you same time, same place next week. Thanks again. Thanks, Shawnee. Cheers, pal. Cheers, man. Cheers, man.